Good morning. I hope you slept well and are feeling at least somewhat refreshed. So as Oren said yesterday, we're going to be moving through the different categories of the traditional sequence of metta. And just to acknowledge that we are moving relatively fast. Because in some ways, what we're doing over the course of this retreat is just trying to give you an overview of how the uh, full sequence of the reciting phrases method works so that you can get a sense of it for yourselves and then hopefully continue practicing at home. And because we do have some time limitations, it's possible that the change of category coming today might feel like, uh, for some of you, might not feel like the right time. So just to say that outside of these morning and afternoon periods, it's fine to continue working the practice wherever it feels most appropriate for you. So this morning I'll be offering some instructions on cultivating metta for ourselves. We'll be starting with the benefactor um, because that's more familiar and then hopefully gradually easing into metta for oneself. And for some people this might be a relief. For some people, actually, the benefactor category can be quite challenging. For other people, as we've been saying, metaphor oneself can be more challenging. So it's just to acknowledge that we're all different and to encourage us to find our own way into the practice, to keep coming back to where it comes most easily. So when it comes to working with metta for oneself, just a couple of suggestions, uh, ways to feel into that. For some people, it's helpful to try and connect to our own good qualities, perhaps to think of ourselves the way a good friend might see us, to um, bring to mind qualities that we can appreciate about ourselves or that others have named that they appreciate in us. Because every one of us has a whole spectrum of qualities. Every one of us has at least some good qualities. So seeing if we can really let that in to consciously tune into a few good things that we've done well or that are going well. For example, just the fact that you're here on retreat. That's a very powerful place to start. And I know for myself that sometimes doing this, we start to um, try to find aspects of ourselves that we appreciate. And there could be this little voice that comes in and goes, yeah, but what about that time you dot, dot, dot? So remembering this uh, precept of right speech that I offered on opening night, you just notice, okay, thank you, not so helpful speech. Let me come back to what's going well. Returning to letting in the good. Another way that some people find helpful is to think of themselves as a small child or perhaps as a baby before things got more complicated as an adult. So just bringing to mind that natural ease and joy of yourself as a small child, and that can be a way in. What I want to emphasize is that there's really no one right prescription for this. This mantra that I've been playing with of explore and enjoy applies here too. So really giving yourself permission to try different things, to find what works for you, and not worry so much about getting it right. 
And what works means whatever helps you to stay present for the practice. So just to emphasize again that this doesn't mean that we're trying to conjure up some oceanic wave of bliss and then stay there for the rest of the retreat. All if that happens, that's fine too. But we're trying to let the metta develop as naturally as possible. We're not forcing it. We're not trying to do it as much as just keep setting the intention. Just keep inclining the heart and the mind in that direction. Because as the Buddha said, whatever the heart-mind frequently thinks and ponders upon, that will become its inclination. So to some extent, what we're doing here is just trusting that this repeated showing up, showing up, showing up, that's what naturally prepares the soil, the soil of our hearts, and allows this flower of metta to bloom. So to stretch that gardening metaphor a little bit further, also part of what we're doing here is really clearing out the rocks and the weeds. And at times it's completely natural that we're going to run into obstacles to challenges of different kinds. So I'll be talking more about that uh, in more detail tonight. So for this morning, just to say, if you do feel stuck in some way, the overall... um, path of this practice is what we can think of as the path of least resistance. So we keep trying to come back to where it's easy and then gradually expand our capacity. So if you feel like you've hit some kind of wall in relation to metta to yourself, it's totally fine to back up and come back to the benefactor, assuming that the benefactor is where it comes more easily. So if you get stuck in relation to metta for yourself, it's fine to spend the next session with a benefactor until you feel some reconnection with a sense of openness or interest or kindness. And then you might bring yourself back in for just a few minutes and see how that feels. Stay with it, or if necessary, again, go back to the benefactor. And if even that feels like it's too much, you know, there are times when... We might need to just let the metta practice go for a while. You can always come back to what we can think of as the home base, just a mindfulness of breathing, mindfulness of the body, just that whatever is simple and easy and helps you to stay present with your experience. So again, just a brief review of what we're actually doing in the metta practice, because many of you are quite new to this. So we begin really by grounding in the body and, if possible, connecting to our sense of our own well-being. So it can be helpful just to be able to tune into your own body and perhaps notice whatever aspects of your experience are somewhat pleasant. Or if you can't find pleasant, neutral is fine, but really cultivating a sense of ease in the body. So, for example, I might... uh, Just go through my own body and notice what feels pleasant right now. It might be the stability of sitting on the cushion, feeling balanced. It might be the softness of the clothing or against my skin, the temperature of the air in the room, or an overall sense of lightness or energy. So I'm just noticing in my own experience whatever is pleasant 
and using this as a resource from which to develop the metta. And then when we have some, perhaps, a sense of our own well-being, we bring to mind the image of the benefactor. And if possible, getting a felt sense of them, feeling their presence or visualizing them, or bringing to mind some key memories, positive memories that you have of them. Or if that's uh, too much of a stretch, simply saying their name, repeating their name. So in whatever way works for you, bringing to mind their presence. And then connecting with that fundamental intention to wish them well. And then beginning reciting the phrases pretty slowly and feeling into each one, connecting with the meaning in as much detail as you can, as much depth as you can. And when I describe it in words like that, it can sound quite complex, like there's a lot of doing. And it's true in the beginning, it does take some effort, but as we get more familiar with the practice, it starts to become simpler and more natural. And we can help that process by just also paying attention to how much effort we're making. Because it's not so much that we're trying to do the metta practice, as simply inviting and allowing it, inclining the heart-mind in that direction. And just to say again that it's not about trying to manufacture any particular kind of emotion. So for me, this was really quite a significant turning point in my own practice when I finally realized this, that I'd been trying to make some kind of emotion happen And what I finally realized is that in some ways it's about tuning into what's already there. So this idea of our Buddha nature, if we look carefully, if we uncover what gets in the way, the natural quality of the heart-mind is kindness, is compassion, is joy, is equanimity. And at the time, I had seen just a little uh, piece about the Hubble telescope, which I'm not a scientist, but in my understanding, is this very sophisticated piece of machinery that's constantly scanning through the universe for the faintest signs of life. And I started to feel like that's what my meta practice is like. It's scanning into the deepest, darkest reaches of my own heart and looking for the faintest signs of life. And that process actually helps, once we recognize them, the signal naturally gets amplified and becomes clearer. So just to say that this process, it takes patience. It's that allowing, noticing what gets in the way, allowing it to to dissolve and to clearing space so that that signal of our natural metta can become stronger and stronger. So let's give it a try. Just beginning again by settling into a sitting position that's comfortable, relaxed, alert, and at ease taking a few moments to really come home to the body. 
and to connect with that felt sense of the whole body sitting. Simply sitting, knowing that you're sitting. Feeling the support of the ground beneath your feet and your legs. Feeling the support of the cushion or the bench or the chair beneath your sitting bones. Sitting like a mountain, strong, stable, upright, and at ease. And as you come home to the body, inviting this sense of ease, just in your own time, taking a moment to tune into any areas of your own body where you tend to habitually store tension, as we did the other night. Just checking into your own body now, scanning through Noticing any areas of habitual holding or tightness and inviting them to soften, to release, to relax. And in this same spirit of inviting ease, you might also scan through your body now and notice any areas that feel somewhat pleasant, or if not directly pleasant, at least neutral. Perhaps the warmth of the hands touching or the softness of the clothing against the skin. Or the natural sense of softening and letting go that comes with each out-breath. Just taking a few moments to tune into your own body and find what's available to you. What's pleasant or neutral in your own experience? (coughs) 
right now. And then from this state of well-being to whatever extent it's available to you, bringing to mind the being who is your benefactor, perhaps the same being you worked with yesterday or perhaps a new one, just some being who when you think of them there's a natural sense of warmth, appreciation, Gratitude could be a human being or a non-human being, perhaps a pet. Just bringing this being to mind now as vividly as you can. Imagining them here in the room with you today. perhaps sitting in front of you to one side, perhaps at your back, wherever it feels appropriate, sitting in the presence of your benefactor. bringing to mind any positive memories you have of them. How they look. What they say, what they do. The kindness and support that they've offered you. simply reciting their name. Establishing this connection to your benefactor in whatever way you can. And tuning in again to your own body and heart and mind. Noticing if there's any sense of openness, ease, warmth, appreciation, or metta. Perhaps placing a hand on your own heart, if that helps you to connect with this sense of warmth. And then extending this energy of kindness 
towards the benefactor with the phrases, may you be safe. May you be healthy. May you be happy. May you live with ease. May you be safe. May you be healthy. May you be happy. May you live with ease. May you be safe. May you be healthy. May you be happy. May you live with ease. As you continue to extend this energy of well-wishing to the benefactor, you might imagine in them really taking it in, opening to your kindness, your metta, seeing them soften and relax. seeing their smiling eyes. Sensing them opening to and letting in your metta. And then imagining them offering back that same metta to you, yourself. Seeing yourself now through the eyes of your benefactor. Connecting with some of your own good qualities that this benefactor appreciates about you. Feeling them return the same energy of warmth kindness, well-wishing, opening to that same wish for your own well-being now. May I be safe. May I be healthy.
May I be happy. May I live with ease. May I be safe. May I be healthy. May I be happy. May I live with ease. May I be safe. May I be healthy. May I be happy. May I live with ease. Continuing in silence now to offer metta towards you, yourself. If it dries up or you get stuck, you can return to the benefactor. Just simple mindfulness of breathing. Continuing the practice now in whatever way makes sense for you.
So we have a few minutes now for any questions about your practice so far. Yeah. I have a question about what you said learned yesterday about the difference between a blessing and a prayer, and that the meadow was yet not a prayer. Sure. The uh, the the question is: I had said yesterday during the instructions that metta is more of a blessing. The spirit of it is more of a blessing than a prayer. And could I say a little bit about the difference? What I meant by that. What I meant by that was that. Um, thank you for the question. And as I begin to answer it, what I realize is that 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 each of those words probably has different meanings to each of us. And um, what I was trying to convey is that uh, in many ways a, a common cultural association with prayer can be either um, that we are appealing to some other power, something greater than ourselves, or that we are entreating or asking for something to happen, that we're trying to make something happen. Now, I'm aware that there's a deeper understanding of prayer that goes beyond that, which wasn't what I was referring to, but that metta, we're not trying to make something happen. We're not appealing to some higher power. It's not about, I, I need you to feel this way, or by doing this, then you will be happy. It's more the spirit of when we say to someone like, you know, may your life be blessed with goodness, May you always be safe. It's just that that wish, just a genuine sense of like, I'm, I, I offer this to you, whatever may come. So the comment was, the, not surprisingly, that with the uh, working with the self, a sense of angst and agitation in the chest and a sense of barely being able to get through it. And so I can recognize that in my own experience and perhaps other people here also might recognize it. So just to say, first of all, very common. And the fact that you were able to stay with it and to be present with it to the extent that you were is a very powerful part of the practice. So not in all of this, we're trying to be with our experience with as little judgment as possible. To stay with it, to notice, wow, this is how it is to try and offer metta to myself. Can I have meta for the non-meta? Can I 
inclined towards kindness for what feels unkind or non-kind. And as it sounds like you were doing, you know, paying attention to your own system. And as I said in the beginning, it might be necessary at times to just drop the metta practice entirely and just come back to the breath. Or just put a hand on the heart. It's okay. It's okay. Stay. It's okay. So finding our own way, what we're trying to do here is gently expand our comfort zones. And I'll be talking a lot more about this tonight. But for now, we notice we've hit some kind of edge, metaphorically or literally bow. Okay, that's enough right now. Breathing in, breathing out. Perhaps at times a sort of a modified version of the Tibetan practice of breathing in what's difficult and breathing out love. We might just breathe in peace, breathe out love, or breathe in warmth, breathe out light, whatever makes sense for us. But again, this invitation to be creative and find how can I get this being back to some kind of stability right now. So this metaphor of the Hubble telescope is about listening, listening to my own being. What's, what's needed right now? what's going to best help me stay to some degree balanced? Does that feel like enough to be going on with? Thank you. Beautiful question. At the back there. Hi. Um, I find the phrases really hypnotic. Uh Uh-huh. And I can get quite sleepy. Mm -hmm. Um, Particularly if I'm already a little tired and I'm repeating the phrases, I'll just catch myself literally falling asleep. Mm. Well, at least appreciating the ease and relaxation. (laughs) And for all of us, you know, this practice, as Oren said last night, it's oriented to some extent towards concentration. So that calming and settling and stabilizing is to some extent a natural part of the practice. And having said that, in all of this terrain, we are working with our energy. So... As you pointed to, we can get calm and calm and calm and it falls asleep. Or, and then we, come on, come on, get back up. And then there's restlessness. So most of us are swinging between imbalances of energy in one direction or the other. You might just gently open your eyes, let in a bit of light if you're able to catch it. You might get curious about this quality of sleepiness. What does drowsiness feel like? Oh, soft, warm, comforting. (laughs) Sometimes just noticing or noting the qualities of it brings more energy into the system, refreshes the interest, and that can be enough. So other times it might be next session, I need to do some really brisk walking to get the energy Uh, aroused again. So again, just this invitation to explore and find what might work for you. Thanks. Do you have any guidelines for how long to spend with with each phrase? Because I think sometimes I feel the phrases so deeply Mm -hmm. and the resonance of Mm -hmm. them that it almost almost feels like a kind of warm bath that I just want to stay in. Yeah. 
Um, and that could go on even for like a couple of minutes. Other times, I'm, I feel a little more distant from them, and I'm kind of going through them, you know, more at a set rhythm or quickly. Is that okay? So the question was about how long to stay with the phrases, and this person was noticing that sometimes the phrases felt really like a warm bath, beautiful image, and there was a just settling into them. At other times, it was just more a regular rhythm. And again, you know, I feel like in some ways I can't say this enough, explore and enjoy. So find out you know, just what happens when you really settle in, when there's this natural... Um, connection with the soothing, warm aspect. What's that like? Notice if there's a wanting that to happen again the next session and the next session. Come on, warm bath. (laughs) (laughs) So then it's not so unconditional, right? Remembering that we're trying to have this be without any agenda. So at times there may naturally be that settling into the warm bath feeling. At other times it feels more dry and disconnected. That's okay. We're just cultivating the intention, the intention, the intention, regardless of what the actual effects are. Yeah? Is it okay to kind of hang out in one of the phrases for like a couple of minutes if it's really resonating? Or a couple of days. It's okay to hang out. If it's, you know, if it's resonating, go with it. And just to keep a little eye out if there's attachment, wanting, this is how it's supposed to be, why isn't it like that this morning, whatever. Yeah, thank you. Does uh, like, the intention feel a certain way? Because I feel like I have the opposite problem. Like, I don't feel anything like, at all. It's like, kind of like, I'm trying, I don't know if I'm doing it right. So again, that's the intention is just the intention, and it doesn't necessarily come with any kind of emotional feeling, but just that repeatedly, at least naming the phrases, setting that intention, is what we're doing here. We're preparing the ground metaphorically of our hearts and minds by repeatedly dropping in those phrases. So it's totally fine to have that be the case. Just to keep having patience with that. That's the truth of how it is. And over time, just to keep trusting that this will um, develop in whatever way makes sense for you. So it's not trying to force or manufacture something. Just that analogy of the Hubble telescope again is like, just tuning in, noticing, dropping in an intention. Okay, that's enough. Thank you. Is there a, you know, a sense that the concentration shouldn't be happening, or? Or just that, yeah, that I've been wondering if I should do something else since the concentration feels altogether. 
not quite understanding what if there's an issue with concentration. Metta is a concentration practice when it's practiced in this style with the repeating phrases. So um, it sounds like that's a natural development of the practice. So just um, trust that. And again, as with the other people, to notice if there's a sense of this is what should be happening. Oh, it's going to go deeper or next sitting or let's get back to that state. At times the concentration will naturally feel stronger and other times it may feel weaker. Just staying with all of that. Beautiful. Thanks. I was just wondering if one of the phrases is particularly painful so Mm -hmm. that as you're going through it, you get to that one each time and you think, oh, um, and should I just drop that one or should I keep saying it each time, even though it's problematic. So the um, observation was that one of the phrases is particularly painful for whatever reason, and is it um, better to stick with it, even knowing that each time there's that, or to drop it? For myself, this path of least resistance, Find the phrases that work for you. We've given uh, various suggestions on the board, finding something that's in that terrain, but that um, makes is authentic for you and preferably doesn't have that sense of, of triggering. The phrases work for the benefactor. Okay. So am I supposed to be able to take the phrases from the benefactor to myself? So the phrases work for the benefactor but not for self. So generally we're trying to find phrases that are universal. But again, this idea of gently expanding our comfort zones. So if there's something that's a real trigger, explore it. See if you can find some phrases that work for you and then see if they can transfer back to the benefactor so that they're appropriate in both cases. Makes sense. Okay, so we probably need to uh, finish now. We have just a couple of announcements before we, Oren and I, go into the groups. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.